Hello and welcome to another episode of Butcho Death Trip, a very special episode because I am joined by Adam, also known as Number 8 from Australian Slipknot Tribute Act Surfacing. Adam, thank you so much for joining me. Thank you very much for having me. It's a pleasure to be here. And there's a big difference. Tribute Act, cover band, massive difference, yeah? Thank you for pointing that out. Yes, there is. I don't, I don't like being referred to as the cover band. I, I actually do play in a new metal cover band also called Break Stuff, that which is which is a cover band. Uh, I, I, I think the way, the way it's... It, the way to put it is a cover band will do like a, a bunch of songs from uh, various bands, a wide variety, and a tribute act is just focusing on the one one act and, you know, going all in like we do with the Slipknot stuff. You're not loading the keg in for a, a break stuff set, are you? No, we have, though. We have. <laughs> we, we have. Just just for some crowd participation and hand the bat out to someone. We, we play like one Slipknot song, so that's we break it out for duality. I want to talk about them. I want to talk about the new stuff they released. I want to talk about being yes. Corey Taylor, essentially. But you brought up break stuff <laughs> early. What song goes off live? Probably Corn Blind. Oh, we finished with Blind, which is ironic because it's like, "Are you ready for the end of the set?" <laughs> um, so we play that last, and uh, that that always gets a good response. I mean, that's probably one of the greatest new metal songs, being a Corn track and and uh, one of their early ones. You know, back in the pioneering days of the sound. Uh, that always goes off. We play, uh, we open up with Lincoln Park, One Step Closer. Um, that always goes off. That's a great way to, to, to start off the show. But, you know, it, it depends on the crowd as well. You know, every song has their moments, ebbs and flows. But it's it's not a very, it's not, the set for break stuff isn't as, as long as, as the set for the surfacing show. Um, so it's over in the blink of an eye, really. Yeah, I think Corner closing with it as well now. You know, I would have closed with Got the Life. I think Got the Life is the best dance track. So let's switch track uh, to your work in surfacing. You've got the costumes, you've got the masks, you've got the whole setup, you've got the kegs, you've got backing tracks to replace Craig and Sid. You you are fucking organized. It's impressive. But are you huffing dead crows before the set for the authentic experience? (laughs) Believe it or not, no. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. No, I appreciate that uh, that question, though. Yeah, if you don't, I've never been asked that. <laughs> yeah, you obviously, uh, you're obviously a diehard fan. You know, that's going way back. That man, th- that's kind of like that's my band. Like when I was 14, I discovered them. First two albums, self-titled, not doing mate feed kill repeat. Like that first album just got its claws into me, and just the first track, it just terrifying. And then straight into sick. And then I, you know, you watch those really low-res versions of them on Conan O'Brien or Letterman playing sick, and you're just like, what is going on? This is fucking wild. Just so captivating, you know. It's something that we'll probably never see again, you know, especially with the internet now. There was no, The internet was, you know, pretty primitive back then. There was no social media. So the whole mystique about, you know, what do these guys look like? That was a big thing as well. Everyone wanted to know what they looked like, and you couldn't find out because there's no – Facebook, there's no, you know, Instagram, nothing like that. Um, very hard for a band to do it, do that kind of thing now. I mean, Sleep Token are, are doing that. They've managed to stay kind of anonymous. Uh, you're familiar with Sleep Token? No, I haven't heard from them the at UK. All. They got their own sound going on, and they've got a. They wear the garb. Their their faces are hidden. Anyway, they're, they're a good example of a band that are doing it today. But it, I could imagine it'd be so hard. It'd be so hard to try to stay anonymous if you're a touring musician. Well, even Tortilla Man, they were like looking at tattoos or who was backstage or who was walking around that area roughly and they were trying to crack the code. And I mean, ultimately, that's kind of thing. It's a letdown. It is. It is, yeah. Yeah, but I guess that's the best thing about surfacing is it's kind of like bringing Slipknot 
who are a very well-oiled machine. And I think sometimes to its detriment because I grew up on that raw fucking clowns lit someone on fire. Chris has gone off. Sid's jumping into the crowd energy. And now I think it's a pretty well-oiled machine and they, they know where to go. And they've been talked to about public liability and all that sort of stuff. Yeah. Surfacing is like, hey, we're seven people on a tiny stage. You're going to get the raw experience. And you guys sound fucking good. You either appreciate tribute acts or you hate them. You know, we, it's a very, you know, it's very polarizing. And I, I understand. I get it. It was supposed to be just a one-off show for um, one of the nightclubs, one of the heavy metal nightclubs in Melbourne's reunion. Um, and a lot of people were doing um, were doing cover sets just, just to get punters through the door. And um, we ended up doing one set one night and it was just a one-off. And it we just went mental. And, you know, then we didn't take it too seriously. Then we got asked to do another one about, you know, six months later. And then we got asked to do another one. For those people who are like, oh, look at these people ripping off Slipknot or whatever. It's a completely different experience. Like you said, you know, we're bringing a lot of people haven't heard or, you know, um, the Slipknot sound in such an intimate venue. You know, it's very arena stadium, you know, kind of vibes these days, obviously. You won't see them playing. A, I think that the, the smallest show they played recently was that, I don't know if you saw the BBC yeah, that they did in London. Yeah, and that was that was very special. I think it was about 200 punters there. Apart from that, you know, they're playing to thousands and thousands of people. So we're bringing that, trying to bring that energy to the small stage. And I'll tell you, there has not been one show that hasn't just absolutely gone off. So, you know, uh, and a lot of people, they'll, they'll come along and they'll they'll see the show. And then after the show, they're like, oh, they'll come up to us and, if they if they recognise us some, somehow because um, you know we're, we're wearing masks and costumes so uh, you don't get any um, you don't get as much you know uh, accolades or praise as you, as you would think after a show which is it's kind of weird actually because I've never experienced that I've been in bands and that before people come up oh it's great after a, uh, after a surfacing show unless the person knows you then, then you know um, no one knows it's you which is kind of good sometimes because i can't be stuffed talking to people after a show sometimes i'll just leave i'll book it straight after the show um but uh you know people will come along and they say oh i wanted to come and check you guys out you know uh, you know i thought you guys were going to be horrible but you guys are fucking sick and you know you know let me know when the next show is and I'll, and I'll be there so you know the response is good and as long as we keep getting that as long as people are always appreciating it and the shows are going off and the crowd's loving it man we'll keep doing it i don't give a shit what anyone says Man, if you want to give that real Slipknot experience, just kick out number three without any explanation and say, we'll, we'll see you in court. <laughs> yeah, it's crazy, isn't it? It's been a wild ride, man. Do you reckon it's easier being a tribute band because you don't have to write the songs or is it harder because people have like such high expectations? Like you'd imagine diehard Slipknot fans are going like, actually, he doesn't use those pedals. Oh, man, you hit the nail on the head there. It is, you know, you get the whole, oh, you just... You're capitalizing off someone else's talent. One, we don't make any money, man. Like we get, we might get a couple of hundred bucks each for the show. There's seven of us, yeah, and we do it for the love. We're not doing it for the money. You know, uh, these masks behind me, man, they're like four or five hundred bucks a pop. Yeah, you know, and I've, I've got twelve of them. If, if it was, if it was all about money, the juice wouldn't be worth the squeeze. I'll give you that much, you know. So it's just a labor of love. It's a bit of fun, and and some people think it's easy. Well, you know, trying to step into Slipknot's boots is is no 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 easy feat. You know, it's extremely hard. And if you're going to do it, you'd you'd want to be pretty good at it. And we, we've I, I, we've gotten pretty good at it. You know, as time's gone on, we've tightened it up. At the start, it was very primitive. 
And then, as I said, we got offered another show, then another show. We've had some members change, we've and we've tightened it up. We, we've invested in you know our own money into masks and and the props and everything like that. So you know we've gone all in, and as long as the punters keep coming and enjoying themselves, um, we'll keep doing it. Well, some people at home might be listening and being like, like as if this fucking dude sounds like Corey Taylor. You know, that's a pretty unique <laughs> voice. Well, I've got to grab here just to prove them wrong. Fuck, fuck, sorry. I'm so sorry, man. That is Logic's pork chop sandwich, and I always get surfacing <laughs> and yourself confused with Logic's pork chop sandwich. Oh, I'm sorry, that's my fault. I think this should oh, be it. Yeah. That is fucking impressive. That is so good. Cheers, man. That Thank snuff you cover much. in particular is really great. Oh, mate, my mum loves that one. Hey. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah. No, that's – look, um, I have to admit that I was lucky enough to be blessed with this very kind of similar tonality in my vocals as, as similar to Corey Taylor. So, you know, that's half the battle one there. You know, I don't have to try to imitate. That's kind of – that. <laughs> As much as uh, you know, you try to make it sound identical. That it, it is kind of my natural voice. When I was in my own bands uh, years ago and 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 whatnot, and trying out for bands, I'd, I'd always get compared to Corey. Um, and as far as the screaming part goes, um, I've and another reason why it's hard, especially vocally, covering Slipknot and their entire catalog, because we do tracks from just about every single album except for the two new tracks that they've put out. You know, vocals, uh, Corey's vocals change every single album. Yeah. You know, he's, he's gone from, complete, you know, very different uh, approach and sound. So to try to uh, emulate each kind of one of them is very tricky and I do my best, but I've got, got I've kind of got this nice little thing where I can use my voice over all of them and get away with it. Um, but it's more so in the Iowa kind of era, as far as the screaming goes, that's my favourite era. Yeah, that's that's Pete Corey, isn't it? Yeah, so that's a lot of fun. Uh, it's challenging, especially when you get a, a, a set list that's, you know, an hour and 20, 15, 20 minutes long. Do you have to sing in an American accent to get some of those rhymes to work? Of course, yeah, yeah. So it's all, it's all singing in American accent. I mean, even in my original bands, man, I think, and most, most Aussie bands, especially with when it comes to metal, will will use that accent. You know, I double in Australian hip hop, and it's I'm straight. You know, very Aussie, very Ocker. So I do that on the side. That's my own little thing that I do uh, to keep myself busy. I do a bit of Aussie hip hop, but when it comes to metal, it's just I don't know. It's just more natural. I don't know. I don't even think I've ever even attempted to sing metal in an Australian accent. You know, I think it's just naturally an American thing. Um, 
in a way. Well, you definitely talk to the crowd in the Australian accent, but do you make them sit down during Spit It Out? No, no, we don't do that. We've, 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 you know, ever since the first show, we thought, are we going to do that? We're like, we're not going to fucking do that, man. You know, we'll leave that for the for the real guys. So, as I said, there's a bit of a, there's a respect thing going on there. there there's a, there's a lot of Slipknot tribute acts around the world. There's only one in Australia. We're the only one that I'm aware of, but there are a lot. I mean, like Brazil's got like four or five Slipknot tribute bands, so there are a lot of uh, a, a lot of them around, and a lot of them do do the get down on the ground but i don't know just out of a respect thing that's kind of a bit crossing the line for me and and for the rest of the guys you know that's something that i think we just leave for those guys you know and a couple of shows we've had crowds just get on the floor anyway oh really <laughs> but yeah even 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 though i'm not doing get down on the ground right fucking now even though i don't do that they they'll sit down just in preparation for the shut the fuck up pavlov's rock doing the the, the tribute band very kind of tricky waters to navigate it's not like your your normal original band where your weekend warriors you're going out there playing as many shows as you can and doing your thing uh you know we have to keep these shows kind of few and far between to keep the interest there if we did this every week we'd get pretty pretty fucking old really quickly you know what i mean so you know there's it's it, you do have to go about it a lot differently and respect is a big thing um we always make sure mid-set that we give it up for Slipknot, you know, everyone makes a noise for fucking Slipknot, the whole reason we're all here, you know, we try not to take ourselves too seriously, but we do have to try to take it a bit seriously so that it's, you're not kind of taking the piss, if you know what I mean. As I said, it's a fine line. It's really weird, but we've kind of, we've kind of come to, to, to do it the right way that people will keep coming and, and enjoy the show and, and not think that we're just, a, a, just seven wankers trying to, trying to be Slipknot, which is not what we're doing. We're just trying to, Trying to provide a, a great Slipknot experience, a real heavy, brutal night in an intimate club, and we do it as respectful as possible. Who do you reckon's got the toughest job in the band? I'd, I'd have to look. Everyone does an amazing job. We're and and I've really got to take my hat off to to the rest of the boys. You know, we're they're all talented musicians. They all play in amazing bands. You know, some people don't even know who they are because we're all wearing masks, but some of them are in some pretty, pretty big bands. And I, I look, the drummer, you know, our drummer is amazing. And, you know, we all know how amazing the Slipknot drumming is. Um, look, the, everyone's great. Everyone's got a job to do. Everyone does it well. I'm dead at the end of the night. Like, you know, it's a mouthful, man, you know, and it's, it's <laughs> I'm, I'm not the fittest bloke. I'm not as fit as I used to be. So, and especially when you're wearing the mask, trying to keep the gusto up and everything like that. And it, and it sucks, man, wearing those things for over an hour. It really hurts. So I've got to take my hat off, to, take my mask off to slip knot for doing it night after night at their age, at their age too, you know? So talking about the mask, like Corey's like, oh, the mask for me has always been a physical representation of the person inside me who just never had a voice, you know, it allows me to be me. How does it actually compare performing in a mask and performing without a mask do you actually can you does it change your personality or your perception or, or whatever absolutely yeah it, it, it's it is it's very cathartic in a way i get it i get what they're doing and it's actually really cool to be able to to do that as as part of what we do and feel it like you can't wait to rip the thing off like you really can't it, it, it's i got my hand on the buckles as i'm leaving the stage because it just it hurts as good of replicas as they are, um, you know they're not they're, they're not molded to my face like probably their, theirs are. But I mean, in the early days, they were store bought masks and they kind of you know homemade did you know so it's 
it's a pain in the ass, and I can see how it brings out your alter ego in a way because it's it is you are you are performing as someone else, and I think that's the reason one of the reasons why we kind of get away with with it to a degree, you know, especially like in comparison to the break stuff stuff that we do where we're not wearing masks and we're doing a heap of other songs you can see it's me you can see it's not chester or jonathan davis so there's that that cover band vibe but when we're all wearing the stuff and we've all got the legit replicas like and we all kind of we got guys that same kind of stature to a degree i mean i'm a lot taller than Corey, but you know i don't have a pencil neck you know what i mean like you got you know like there's there are things about the about each member that kind of do suit you know who we're trying to emulate and that's a, that helps us kind of get away with it as far as the crowd goes you know a lot of people just say i forget that i'm watching a cover band sometimes or a tribute band sorry tribute band <laughs> hey you said it not me bro <laughs> yeah so um it does help us kind of get away with that with you know just a little bit more you know what i mean <laughs> as far as the performance goes and and if the sounds if we sound okay and we look okay, and it's okay. You know what I mean? It's it's different to like when we started. We had Ruby. I had a thirty dollars Ruby's All Hope Is Gone mask. It was terrible. You know what I mean? But it was just like it was just for a one off. And a lot of the boys had real shitty masks. We had you know our our number two, our Paul Gray at the time had had long, real long red hair, and he had to kind of put it in a bun, which didn't look right. You know, it was just like it was very primitive, and he could kind of see that it wasn't. It was a pretty slapped together kind of a tribute band but now it's a lot better we 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 look the part well i did watch an unboxing video of you that you posted of you opening a Corey taylor mask and it looked fucking sick the new one yeah and there's a great quote that i grabbed from it oh man can't see can't hear can't breathe perfect they're horrible to wear like when you're i mean if you're just to so you put it on like i did in that video and just kind of you know, look in the bathroom or whatever. It's not too bad. But when you think of, because we go all out, you know what I mean? And it's balls to the wall and um, you can't breathe. You can't see. Yeah, mate, we've all, we were all stumbling over each other because the stages here are so small. So, um, yeah, and it's that's part of the thing. It's like you watch interviews from Slipknot um, and they all say the same thing. It fucking sucks wearing those things, but that's part of the experience. Yeah, and it stinks. Yeah, yeah, definitely. They they are horrible, mate. They're, um, I've actually got a really bad latex allergy, which is really ironic. So uh, with some of my latex masks, some of the latex, I'm allergic to some of the latex, and so the one I wear mo- main, mainly, which is the All Hope Is Gone mask, I've had to put like bandage tape all inside the mask around the whole thing so that there's no actual um latex on my face um and it's got like just like all the because we got wet paint under there as well like face makeup and stuff like that and it's just it's horrible i've got a i've actually had to rip it all off i've had it's been the same tape on there for like two years and i'm thinking that's a bit of a health hazard (laughs) so yeah behind you you've got so many masks i looked at the pricing they're like yeah like you mentioned four to five to six hundred bucks sort of roughly anyway but what makes Daniel at Drop Bear Studio Masks so good? He's the only real person in Australia that's that's doing it. Oh, could could I say that any more Australian? Only person in Australia <laughs> who's uh, who's who's really kind of flying the 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 flag. But to be honest, he was actually served with a cease and desist from Slipknot to stop doing really? um, replicas. Yeah, this look. I'm not going to get into it because it's not my thing. I actually got out of the the mask the Slipknot mask community. Believe it or not. It's really weird. It's, Who would have thought? It's it's a huge community. It's a huge hobby. It's become this 
entity in itself, the Slipknot mask community. There's countless, I'm not on Facebook anymore. I haven't been on for a couple of years, actually. But um, there's groups dedicated to Slipknot masks. um, And, you know, they've got thousands and thousands of people in them. And you've got your certain artists and you've got your, you know, people from all over the world and people who are known for doing this good replica and people that are known for being the king of this replica and people are known for doing this. And there's, and just like a lot of hobbies and things that should be awesome, there's a lot of politics involved and toxic, you know, toxicity. And I don't know, it's just, it was just, there's a lot of bickering and, and whatnot. And as I said, a lot of politics. And there's a certain way you've got to market your business when you're doing replicas. And a lot of people have different ideas of how that's to, supposed to be done. Slipknot apparently didn't like the way Drop Bear was advertising his stuff because there, there's people out there like you, you go online now and order Slipknot mask from a, you know hundreds of artists um, who are out there advertising their work. But there's a kind of way you got to do it, and um, I don't get it, man. But anyway, he got served with a cease and desist. He got kind of outed by the the Slipknot mask community, which is a real shame because he's a good bloke. Um, I don't have a bad word to say about him, and his work was amazing. Which he helped me out with a lot of my masks. And he did that that last uh, We Are Not Your Kind volume two, which you saw me unbox, which is just absolutely amazing. But that's the mask that got him to cease and desist. Um, so, look, I don't know too much about it. He's a great artist. Uh, he's a good bloke. Um, I think people just need to chill out a bit. This leads me into sort of my general feeling about Slipknot at the moment. And when you look on the Slipknot subreddit, you'll see new fans be like, oh, I wish I was an old fan. I wish I saw them in their OG days and, and all that sort of stuff. Mm. And and I really love the idea that there's sort of an underground black market for Slipknot masks coming out of Brisbane or New South Wales, wherever it might be. Yeah, yeah. But like Slipknot, you know, they release songs like, we're, the, we're a family, we're the all out for the nine, all this sort of shit. And then it's like, oh, why did Chris get booted? Um, and then it's just like Chris posting photos of him on the golf course and stuff like that. And why are you guys releasing NFTs? And, you know, why is Corey like yeah. smashing the phone out of people's hands? And why is he releasing these fucking cantankerous books, you know, where he's just an old man ranting at clouds and then, you know, doing the CMFT shit and it's just like it's diminishing returns for me? Oh, definitely. Look. Allegedly. If, if we know they're litigious, let's say blanket alleged. People change. Things change. The world changes and that's just the way it is. I mean, they're not though, they're not those, you know, uh, angry early 20-something, you know, blokes from Iowa anymore. They're... They they've kind of I mean you know um, they're just different people I guess and and look I'm the same as well I'm not the same person that I was and moving with the times and whatnot and you know um, it, it, I see what you're saying there and especially with the NFTs and that look I don't even know what an NFT is still to this day you know I don't I'm not interested mate I, you know and I, I look uh, when you're talking about subreddit. I don't even know what that is. <laughs> you know, like I'm, as I said, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a bit of a fossil. I'm, 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 you know, I'm pretty old school. It is pretty far removed from where they started. So I completely get you there. Um, you know, especially when, the, you know, we wear masks because we're, we're nobody. We have numbers because we're nobody. Um, you know, we're all about the family, but you know, here's a cease and desist, you know, but yet then, they're, then they're pay, posting pictures of members in the crowd wearing replica masks that are made by artists who are doing the same thing as Drop Bear is doing. So there's a bit of hypocrisy going on there. I don't know how to handle it. I don't know how to judge it. Don't you ever judge me, bro. They said it. It it, it (laughs) was a caveat, the first album. But, uh, you know, as as I said, you know, things change. The world's changing big time, especially at the moment. You know, they're getting on a bit now. So uh, if there's a dollar to be made, then go and make it, man. It's pretty ironic, though, that, you know, the first 
digipack had purity on it and everyone's like we love this song and then the author of that story was like hey you can't actually do this because this is my property and they're like oh fuck this sucks we got to re-release it all this sort of stuff cut to 20x years later it's like there's some dude in australia making masks and marketing it the wrong way (laughs) take him down it's like oh yeah come on guys totally understand and agree with you man yeah it's 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 hard thing to wrap your head around especially when you grow up idolizing yes these people for those for those values that they had you know what i mean and that's that that was what was so captivating and and that was a big part of their appeal um but yeah man i don't know i i asked myself similar questions like that about a lot of things these days you know it's just it's rough man never ends bro you know i've been talking about a lot on the stone sour episode to be fair because Corey kind of triggered a lot it's like these people that you love when you're a teenager or you know early 20s whatever and as they get older they just become this bit of boomer mentality and you're like oh you kind of becoming the people that you were rallying against if slipknot had have come out and instagram was around i don't think i would have thought that was as cool you know it was that mystique it was that mystery it was that they weren't able just to post stories whenever they wanted. And, and yeah, they've had to adapt to that. And I can imagine they've they've been through, I think Corey's talked about it. When they first released the self-titled record, they were like, oh, do you want to do it on cassette? But there's also this sort of CD that I think we think are becoming a bit more popular. And they're like, oh, okay, yeah, we'll do CDs. Like to think of the transitions they've had to make. And, and I do understand that. Exactly. That brings us to the new stuff they're releasing. At time of recording, they've just released Time to Die. Mm-hmm. I imagine your inbox fucking was flooded with just like, have you seen? Have you seen? Oh, that? whenever there's a, a bit of movement in the Slipknot world, we you know we 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 do <laughs> get we're, we're kind of busy and, and and you know we've got to be about it as well. You know we've got to be out there promoting Slipknot and you know sharing their stuff and and stuff like that, which we do. And between uh, you, me, and the cats, um, I love the new song. Did the opening have you? The, what the visual or the the or everything? The acapella part, where it's like it was just Corey, and then it goes into the heavy part. I was kind of anticipating that heavy bit to come straight in. I just knew when it was just him singing, isolated. I knew that there was going to be some ruckus coming in pretty pretty immediately after that. The song's great. I think it's one of the I think it's one of the best songs they've released in a couple of years. I I I've got huge volume three vibes off it which I haven't really got from anything, especially with We Are Not Your Kind. Um, we Are Not Your Kind was a great album, by the way. It was a great follow-up to Point Five. Um, Point Five was probably my least favourite album, to be honest. Yeah. Um, I just didn't connect with that one bit. I think I connected with a couple of songs. But, yeah, it was, to me, you know, you know the, the, the phrase, all, all, you know, all filler, no killer, um, usually slipped out of the opposite. It, it was just a very subpar release but i think they had a lot of reason there's a lot of reasons behind that considering that was their first first album after paul and and without joey and and things like that so you know there are reasons behind that and it is what it is but um as far as this new song goes uh it got me very very excited for this new album um which is coming out september they hated all hope is gone they did. And you know what? I think a lot of people did, but I, the older I get, the more it's growing on I me like and it. the more I listen to Yeah. And Slipknot kind of, I think that's the album where they're like, we weren't getting along. It was pretty rough to record, but I think some great stuff came out of that, like Snuff, like your cover. It's a great fucking yeah. song. The, the, the title track, All Help Is Gone, you know, that was a great great track as well, you know, that didn't get a lot of so- lot of time to shine. Um, yeah, a lot of hidden gems in that um, thing that I think grew on a lot of people as time went on. Yeah. So is this next album that's coming out like September. Is that their final album? Is that what they're saying? Or is it like, it's, it is for now. No, it's, their, it's their, it's their final album. Uh, it's they're, they're fulfilling their quota of their, 
Roadrunner seven album deal. This is their last album with Roadrunner. So I think that's what that's all this is all about. I don't think there's any chance of Slipknot slowing down. I think uh, people were speculating because especially when the track lists were released, and you know, the last track on the album's called Finale, and you know, and there's a lot of there's a lot of hinting at you know uh, <laughs> finality and, and whatnot, but they put a little promo video out just before they released um what's it called? The dying song? Is that the, the name of it? Time to die. <laughs> Yeah, sorry, I fucked that up. Yes, it's the dying song, Time to Sing. I just got a time to die because I'm a big James Bond boy. Well, what's up, Corey? You, he's given the song pretty much two names and it's it's fucked us up. And but I'm anyway. I'm an idiot. Like. <laughs> Moron. They put a, a little like 30-second promo video out just before they released that and it's it's got clowns. It's got, um, you know, excerpts of clown things that is said before saying, you know, um, members passing away you know people dying isn't going to stop slipknot original members not being there anymore isn't going to stop slipknot so i doubt that they'd be releasing things you know with that kind of a a mantra and and then being like oh that's it guys we're done see you later so i think it's more they're 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 pointing it that's their last obviously their last record with roadrunner and they're just going to go full independent now and and um, you know, if any band in the world <laughs> has more of a safety net to go independent, it's Slipknot. End of the Roadrunner era—that's massive, isn't it? And the kudos to them for fulfilling a twenty-year fucking deal run. You know that. that and I don't. It's like I, I can't remember exactly how much it was, but how much they got. But it was fuck all <laughs> compared to how successful they ended up becoming. Yeah, you know what I mean? Gamble. So. Yeah, and um, and they stuck to it, and uh, you know, credit to them. And they, it's seven amazing albums. I, as I said, I don't think they're going to slow down anytime soon, man. They don't look like a band that's slowing down to me. <laughs> no, but it's just whether they can all get together and Corey can sort of focus on slimming off. You know, it's it's all timing wise. Whether Mick can stop being stabbed by his brother. Oh yeah, it's crazy. And he's slimmed down a lot, by the way. I don't know if you've noticed. How is his neck not fucking broken? Like yeah, watching videos yeah. of him in the late nineties, early two thousands, like really headbanging. And now it's like it's the same movement. Yeah. Well he slowed down he slowed down a lot, I think, through um All Hope is Gone and uh Point five. He was he can't because he they got he had his hair because he he was able to just barely move, but his hair would shake around, and it was a far cry from the early days where he would really get into it. So I think he had a couple of back surgeries. He's looked after himself and he's kind of a bit more mobile now, which is cool to see. But yeah, I mean, imagine doing that night after night for you know twenty years. What's the most fun song for you to play? And is there a song where you're like, can we please? And the the rest of the band like, no. Heaps, <laughs> heaps of them. Yeah, we we like trying to pick a set list between seven dudes. And and look, for anyone out there that thinks why 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 not nine? Well, there's hardly a stage big enough to cater seven people in, in where we play anyway. You know, we're not playing stadiums or anything like that. So getting seven dudes on a stage is 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 uh, is is a hard task as it is. And plus, we we with the backing tracks, you know, we can fulfil Sid and um, Craig's you know duties. I'm not saying that they're not big parts of the band. They are huge. If we didn't have those backing tracks, the song wouldn't sound the same. And it's just it's just hard enough. Just even just trying to practice and get seven people into a room for us. We're all, you know we all work, man. You know we we do our thing, and it's it's just a nightmare. So seven, we said seven. That's it. You know. Um, but yeah, trying to decide on a set list, man, it's so hard because they their catalog is just you know it's just full of rippers. 
but the most fun, getting back to your original question, sorry, Reese, uh, the most fun song to play for me personally, um, I love opening with People Equal Shit. Yeah. I absolutely love opening up with that. And that's that's my favourite Slipknot song, you know, number one, it's People Equal Shit. I love performing Sick as well because that's probably my second favourite song. But apart from those two kind of obvious ones, um, I love performing The Blister Exists. Ah. I fucking love that song, man. Yeah, I love it. Absolutely love that track. It's just one of my favorite tracks off that album. And the crowd really loves it. And just the intro as well. Man, that just G's me up, bro. I'm just and that I, I do the I, I do the windmill as best as I can, you know, at the start without falling over. You'll get a cease and desist soon, man. Yeah, I'll get a cease and desist. Well, yeah, we, we look, that was like a bit of a, a thing, like we've especially in the early days, we're like, fuck, are we going to get in trouble? Especially putting stuff out on YouTube and that. But as I said, man, there's, there's, there's tribute bands all around the world. And I don't, look, I don't think Slipknot are going to start coming after tribute bands. <laughs> Fingers crossed. Did you see them when they came like years ago to Festival Hall? No, the first time I saw them was at Rod Labor, man. It was for the All Hope Is Gone run, which was 2009, I think. That was the first time I saw them. I was into them since self-titled, but. I don't know, man. I just wasn't entrenched in the scene as I, as I, you know, became. Neither was I. I was a scrawny little kid from Bendigo, convinced my friend's mum to drive us. Fucking terrified when we get there and see all these massive metal dudes. Corey was actually walking around outside and then someone recognised he had a number eight tattoo on his neck. We had something tattooed on his neck. Like, that's Corey. Yeah, he's got number, number eight, yeah. Was that for the um, the self-titled? Yeah, that was self-titled? self-titled, yeah. When they did the signing at the Jam Factory and all that? All that stuff, yeah. They yeah. closed with scissors and it was fucking okay. awesome. Yeah, it was great. Yeah, uh, Clown masturbated. I, I'm pretty sure that's some sort of felony in Australia, you know, but he had his Jesus hands in his Christ. coverall. Well, they were loose back then. I, I, I didn't go to the signing. A lot of my friends did and they said that Sid was throwing up um they were punching on you know they were just wild back then you know what i mean it was just it was a dead they were different humans the hungry crazy and you, and then their, their music reflected that big time thank you so much for joining us where can people like find servicing or find your other acts or your your hip-hop thing and don't be stepping on my turf i'm the other hip-hop guy like i'm writing songs about drowning pool <laughs> and d12 you know yeah, 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 look, I'm, 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 you know, I'm a father, and um, reason why I love doing this Slipknot thing is because it, I, I'm, I'm able to kind of still get my rocks off on stage, perform live. I don't have to spend hours writing music, which I used to do. You know, I was in, I've been in original bands. I've tried to take over the world, didn't work out. You know what I mean? I've done all that, man. I've earned my stripes. I've heard Atlantic. Yeah. Oh, there you go. You know, uh, doing this thing, it's a lot of fun. The, the crowd responds well. We're very respectful. We're good at what we do. Um, and it's very fulfilling, you know, as a musician to be able to, to, to be, and it's an honour. It's actually an honour, you know what I mean, to be able to to provide that um, kind of a show for people and that people, people enjoy it. You know, I, I take that quite seriously and, um, and, and it fits really well with my life. You know, we play a couple of shows a year. It's not too much. That then and then and on the side I do my hip hop, you know, where I get to actually write and be creative and do my own music. And I, you know, it's just dad bars, mate. I pull out put out like one track a year. You know what I mean? It's not. I'm not trying. I'm not trying to. I don't want to get involved in the, you know, in the hip hop um, scene. I'm not trying to crack another scene. You know what I mean? I'm I'm pushing forty years old. So you know, I'm just making music on the weekends, doing my things. Do you reckon you could do the hip hop stuff live? Like it's so fun to write, and I love recording it. But like to get the whole thing down that's a mouthful bro oh, yeah man. look i might my, my i don't do 
Um, it, it, although those uh, surfacing videos of me doing the covers, I don't know if you've seen them. They're all one take, man. They took, you know, they took a few takes to do. You know, I had to, you know, if if I'm going to perform a one take, I'm not going to record it and then mime it. Don't do that shit, man. So go through. Um, you know, we did the people equal shit, did um no new abortion and the snuff. Yeah, they 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 took a couple of takes, they're all one takes. Um, but yeah, as far as the hip hop goes, man, that's hard, bro. Yeah. Like I'll I'll do I'll do one bar and then record and then you know, stitch it together. Um and yeah, I don't know if I could do that. I don't know if I got the chops to do it live, but yeah, I'll just stick to scream and slipknot, man. But yeah, you can find us on Instagram, surfacing Oz. So surfacing A U S. Uh, yeah, sorry, at Surfacing Oz, that's Instagram. And we got YouTube, which is, I think it's Surfacing Oz as well, I think. Yeah, Facebook, I don't know, man. I'm not on Facebook, but yeah, you'll I find will, it. I'll gross. put everything in the show notes as well as a link to Dry Kill Logic's Pork Chop Sandwich because people love that, you know. And <laughs> Yeah, so it'll all be there. People can <laughs> yeah. track you guys down. Sweet, man. But yeah, and our next show, I think uh, I think we're looking at playing a, a Halloween show. You know, we've got kind of got a resident spot at Stay Gold. For Halloween, I think it used to be Kiss Kistroyer used to have that slot. You're the new Kistroyer. We're the new Kistroyer, man. <laughs> so yeah, um, I think that's our new show. But anyway, keep an eye on our socials, and and as I said, the shows are few and far between, so it won't, it, you'll be easy to spot if we're playing a show. Man, it's so good because my co-host asked me on the Stone Tower episode, "Do you think Slimknot has become?" New metal kiss, you know, with all the merch and you know the NFTs. Yeah, okay. stuff. And the, yeah, yeah, yeah. Close on, like, yeah, but we've bumped out Kiss Troyer. Is <laughs> yeah, yeah, awesome, man. Well, if you can get down to a show, man, be good to shake your hand and meet you, man. Yeah, it's been an absolute pleasure being on your show. Thanks for having us, bro. Thank you so much. Really appreciate it. No dramas, man. You take care. What a nice guy. Thank you so much, Adam. Really, really appreciate him being on the podcast. All I did was hit up the Surfacing Oz Instagram page, and I was like. Yo, does anyone want to be on the podcast? And Adam was like, yeah, I can do tomorrow. Oh, amazing. He did go on to say that he'd never heard the podcast. So either he was lying or he's in the 0.001% of the people on this beautiful planet that do not love and listen to Butcher Death Trip religiously. But yeah, I think I think he's on board now, which is great. Next week, Psychonaut is back and we are talking about Sepultura Roots. And look, to be really honest... And to let you in behind the Iron Curtain that Baccio Death Trip Incorporated operate behind. We're both getting smashed at the moment, life-wise, schedule-wise, and time zones are not in our favour. So trying to find a time to record a super high-quality and insightful, witty podcast, you know, has been tricky. But we're going to make it happen. We're finding time. Even if it means I get up at 3am or 4am to do it, I will do it. I've also got a bunch of interviews lined up with some really, really good people. Some potential ones that could be amazing as well. I'm just going to say they're a lock. They're not a lock, but I'm in my mind, they're a lock. Some really interesting people with some big industry experience. So, yeah, like, subscribe, share. No, that's not even a thing. I don't know. Keep listening if you want. Cool. If Adam has brought you to this episode, what a nice dude. Go through the back catalogue and just hoon through it, devour it, become a lifelong hashtag 35K community member, sign up to our Patreon. It's $35,000 a month. You get sweet fuck all. It's incredible. Value for money. And yeah, Sepultura Roots next week. Bye.